All right, guys, Coach Burke here. It's been a while, about a month. We take a couple weeks off for the CrossFit Open. We have moved gyms. We're in a new building, and we're trying to find a location for our podcasting equipment, so we're kind of in flux right now. So to buy Coach B and I a little more time, I'm going to play you a podcast, and it's our first ever crossover podcast. And this is Andrew Turner, and he's he titled it Coffee and Tea. And he's supposed to ask the guest at the end, do they prefer coffee or tea? And I was his very first guest since I was kind of coaching him through this, and he didn't ask me that. But he's asked every guest that he's had on since then. And it's funny, he had Lon Tay, who is the uh, one of the big sports radio guys in the area here. And he's always on the radio three to five. Um, oh, with it, uh, what is it? 93.5. And Lon is really funny. And so Lon's answer, I was expecting him to say Bud Light, and he doesn't drink to- coffee or tea, but he said he actually likes a Mountain Dew every day. So um, he's had some great guests already. I was his first one, as I mentioned. But I've been coaching Coach Turner. He's, he's the golf coach at the high school, and he he's, does business, and he does computers. So similar to what Jordan Zingenbein coaching Coach B for hunting, and we did that episode on how he hunted the deer. And, um, I've been coaching Coach Turner on how to start a podcast, and he found me basically through the high school, he he knew I interviewed the high school basketball team on on the podcast, and he learned of that. And he's like, I've always wanted to start one. Can you help me? And so I said, sure, I'd love to. And, you know, it's I would have loved to have somebody coach me to how to get this started. So um, I was glad to be able to provide that for him. I think he's doing a great job. So give him a follow. He's on Twitter. He started a Facebook group um, for his podcast, but it's Cough Your Tea, Andrew Turner, uh, give him a follow on the podcast. Um, I, he's got four episodes so far. He's done great, um, but he's given each one of his guests a mug that says coffee or tea, and it's got his little logo, and he actually used the same logo guy that we did. I sent him to uh, – that's Dan Wild did our logo, and so he's like, oh, can I, can I have the same guy? So gave him the setup there, and you'll kind of look at his logo, and it's very similar to ours. Um, so that that's cool. Um, but he gave me a coffee mug at the end of it, and uh, he's given each one of his guests a coffee mug. So I know you guys are saying, well, I've been a guest on your podcast. Like, where's my coffee mug? So uh, maybe we'll have to get those made and get those out. But um, appreciate your support. Uh, Coach B and I will hopefully record soon, but I wanted to buy us a little more time. So hopefully enjoy this crossover podcast, and we will uh, get back to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Hello, this is Andrew Turner. I am super excited to get started with my first podcast, I have been thinking about doing this for a couple of years now and was able to team up with a gentleman by the name of Dan Berkebile to help me kind of you know, really guide me to the process of how to do this. And I'm so excited to get going. The name of the podcast was put together by a friend of mine and I really liked it. We will call it tea or coffee, question mark, with Andrew Turner. Today, uh, my first interview is with Dan Berkebile. Dan is the longtime Monticello Boys High School soccer coach. And Dan is also a pharmacist at Kirby Hospital in Monticello. Dan is truly an interesting person who has some very interesting insights 
And I really enjoyed did I don't know Dan that well, but I really enjoyed this interview. And this is kind of why I do it. I am kind of wired in a way where I like to ask questions of people and hear about their story, hear about how they or where they came from and how they got to where they are. And so that's what this podcast is going to be about. And I hope it's something that we can find ways to be interesting to to people, to ask questions and hear answers that are really interesting. That's that's my hope. And so with that, we will get started today with our interview of Dan Berkebile. Uh, hi, this is Andrew Turner. I'm here with Dan Berkebile. Dan Berkebile is the coach at Monticello High School boys soccer. Just boys. Just boys. Used to help with the girls. Used to help with the girls. And Dan, we're going to get back into this later, but uh, remind me, remind everybody how long you've been coaching at Monticello and where you started. I Well, I played here first off, um, and that would have been 98 to 02 under Coach Kreider. And then I went to pharmacy school for okay, six years. Okay, hang on. I'm going to get into all that. Okay. I want you just to okay. tell me right now, just tell the listeners how long right now you've been there. Sure. So um, I played here from, played here 98 to 02, and then I, when I moved, moved back here, it was, uh, started 2008, I was the assistant with Coach Kreider, called her up and said, hey, I'd like to help out. Started as assistant or her, right? Yep. Okay. And then she retired 2013, and I took over. So this will be, I believe, my 10th season as a head coach was this past fall. Great. Great. Okay, we're going to get back into that stuff. So tell us a little bit about where you grew up, family a little bit. Did you grow up all in Monticello? Tell us about the start, family, that kind of stuff. So I lived most of my life here in Monticello, and I lived in, Most of your life, but not all. I was born in Michigan. Okay. Where about? Um... Pawpaw was where I was born. Pawpaw, Michigan. So Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have relatives there. Okay. So um, we moved here in maybe second grade. And for the most of my uh, career here, I lived in the house right across from the grocery store. So really close to the high school. Okay. And so what I would do is um, just kind of being a lazy student, if you will, I could time it to where I could run out the door hit the upstairs classroom for Mr. Kitzman's science class. So the bell would ring and I would have a seat. And it drove him nuts because I was never late, but I was always like just one second on time. But I could time it because our, our house was so close to the high school. Um, so I, I went to high school here, played soccer here, uh, loved the high school. So when you, I'm, I'm, when you, I want to go back to your morning thing, your morning routine. Uh-huh. So what time, so if, if, if class started at 810, you were literally getting up at what, 730 and walking out the door at 805? Um. It depended on if I wanted to watch SportsCenter. You remember that sure. back in the days, you actually watched SportsCenter. Uh, yeah. You watched the highlights. You couldn't have it on your phone. Right. So, you know, yeah, you wake up, watch a little SportsCenter. Uh, Keith Overman, you remember, sure, you know, sure. all those guys. And so um, I probably gave myself like five minutes. I was sprinting. Like I was out of breath by the time I got to, to class. Um, so I maybe had 20 minutes, uh, 25 minutes to get ready in that period just to get to school. Did they have ready. open campus where you could go home for lunch or did you just always stay here, weren't you? I just always stayed here. Um, I think we did have open campus on certain days, but yeah. Okay, so Mr. Kitzman, science, I think he's been gone five or six years now or something. No, longer than that, maybe. Uh, Mr. Townsend was here. Yep. Give me some other names. Well, different uh, math. Did you have Ness? Oh, yeah, Mr. Ness. Mr. Ness. Um, Coach Roy would have been just kind of starting, I believe, at that time. Um, Mr. Reedy was the principal. And um, Al Voss. Sure, Um, sure. Coach 
Coach Carter was our PE coach, of course. Um, gosh. That's a pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So high school experience. Tell us a little bit about your high school experience. You, uh, I see here that on some information you gave me, you played baseball and soccer. Who did you play baseball for? Uh, Les Schwarzentraub. Les Schwarzentraub. Okay, what position? Uh, catcher most of the time. Catcher most of the time. Okay. And then you played soccer, same thing, for four years? Yeah. Soccer all four years? Oh, yeah. And that was for, was that for Kreider or? Yes. No. So the program started in 97. So I came in in 98. So the program oh, you, was fresh oh, wow. at the time. Wow. So what position did you play in soccer? Uh, whatever Kreider, Coach Kreider told me to play. Um, I was a very good coach, uh, you know, a coachable kid. Um, so a lot of times defense and as I progressed more midfield, but uh, I would just do whatever coach told me to do. Were you good? Um, I was pretty good. Our team was really good. We had Tony Cook, who was the leading goal scorer, and he'll probably always hold that record. He had like 112 goals in his four years. So he still holds the record? Yeah. Um, and Tony Cook. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have to do a lot offensively because we had him. So a lot of what my assignment was is they put me on the best ball player on the other team, and I got to shut him down. So that was a lot of fun in that sense. Like, I just had to do my job. I didn't have to play any offense. Um, and I was pretty good at that. So, um I was like the fourth best player on our team, but our team was really good. So um, Tony went on and played D1 soccer. Alex Moody kind of sniffed around playing uh, soccer. And then Aaron Tace. Uh, oh, Aaron, that's right. Of course, he was a basketball player, but he was really good at soccer. People kind of overlook that. And, I would uh, think so with his athleticism. So he, he played college basketball, played at Parkland yep. a little bit, yep. I believe. So, um, But he probably could have played college soccer if he really wanted to. So I, I wanted to keep playing. I love the sport, but it was like – do I really just make this decision on playing soccer or do I really need to make my career decision? And so we settled on something else. Uh, so you thought about playing? I'd have to walk on. Yeah. But I was a good high school player. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so you played soccer. Okay, so here's my question. And again, my interviews are going to be, sometimes I'll just grab something out of the air. Love uh, it. So soccer, I'm not, I, so I didn't grow up in an era, I'm a little older than you, didn't grow up in an era where soccer was what it is today. It's huge, crazy, right? I mean, it's amazing what soccer has become in the last 25, 30 years. But I, and I went to a small high school, so we didn't have it there either. But what is your, if there's, if there's one or two things, so the thing that, so I, a friend of mine uh, invited me over one time to watch a soccer match, and it ended up 0-0. I said, this is why I struggle with soccer. So would you change anything, or do you like the game? As I think through, through this answer, one of my senior moms, she posted on Facebook and she put, you know, thank you for the game of soccer. And she said, this may sound corny, but it's a game of repeated failure. You know, you've got to string together 10 passes, I thought about that way. 10 passes to get a shot on goal. And most of the time you're not going to get it in the net. So it's teaching people failure over and over again and how to try to overcome that. Um, does the sport need to be a little faster probably um I love hockey and hockey's really fast um, it's my favorite sport to watch and I think the other part of it is I don't have to analyze hockey I just get to enjoy it whereas soccer I'm like okay he did this wrong he right. did that wrong so maybe there's part of that as a coach and maybe you can speak to that too um so I I love soccer in the sense that anybody can play it you don't have I, I'm a shorter stature guy sure but I can still be a good soccer player Whereas, you know, I played basketball a little bit and I struggled because of my height. Well, why, do you th why do you think that anybody can play it? Just because you – because sometimes I think people think that somebody can play something and they take for granted what they can do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like, you're, like I would think some – maybe I would think the same thing. That anybody could be a good golfer or basketball player. Not that I'm good, great. I'm just, I'm just saying that that's the sports I love. But maybe you take for granted that you can do things – because soccer players have to be pretty darn aggressive. 
Yeah, at, at its base level, it is so easy to play. And and okay. here here my okay. five year old, we're, he's we're at hockey practice and he's waiting on his brother to get out. Well, he takes a water bottle and drinks it, and then he starts to proceed to kick the water bottle around. And before I know it, there's four other kids playing two on two soccer with this water bottle. And you see that in Africa, you see that all over the world. You can you, you, just, you just need an open area. Yeah. And that's so true. I think that's, that's pretty magical in the sense, and it's very inviting for people. And that's why it's the most popular sport across the world. Now, America's got some some work to do here. Sure. Um, but, yeah, the sport could could use some work. Um, but I'm looking at college football right now. It takes four hours, and you've got to stop, and there's all these bad calls. And, you know, U of I fans know this. Like, it's, it's miserable right now. Um, right. So I think football, American football's got some problems, too. You said something about the game could be speeded up. How? Oh, um... Well, with hockey, it's it's more of a confined space, but the ball, the puck moves so fast. Um, Do you think the if, the if they made that to me with the soccer? And again, I'm not you're 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 the expert, not me. But when I just observe soccer, it seems like sometimes the field is so big that the players spend so much time when a ball is kicked running after it. Where like in so, where we're in like in hockey, it doesn't take long for them to get back to the puck. Where in soccer, sometimes does that make sense? Sure, you probably see this in the futsal world, which is more in Brazil, where they play inside a gym and it's a weighted ball that doesn't have a lot of air, so it's going to be a faster game. So, um, you know, maybe soccer should uh, introduce more indoor and and futsal, and in America, maybe that would be more entertaining to watch. I don't. What you say? Foot what? Futsal. It's uh, F U T S A L. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. A different okay. ball. It's it's still a soccer ball, but it's either smaller. It's kind of weighted. Gotcha. Um. So it's fun. It's it's great at developing kids. So I love futsal's good. Okay. So that's something to. You think it could be more, better developed? Is that what you're saying, or? More prominent. Um, so we go to Kentucky. I take my kids to Kentucky Center College every summer in, in Danville, Kentucky. And it's interesting. Kentucky has counties. They It's all county. So, uh, yeah, they're all county high schools, right? Yeah, Is that what you're talking about? Or just, yeah. yeah. So there's one county that has a futsal gym. And they're typically one of the best teams to come out of Kentucky because all the kids go play this futsal game at, at their gym. And so uh, I'd love to see that in Monticello. I'd love to see that more. And there's some validity to that. Cool. Very cool. So tell us, high school, we get down with high school, go go where to undergrad? Well, so I had to make this decision. Um, I was really good in math and science. and Obviously, yeah. Pharmacist, you better be. I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be a vet. And so I loved animals, grew up with animals. We had parrots, we had dogs, we had everything. You had parrots. Yeah, three, uh, Scarlet Macaw, like the big old, like the one you see, the two, almost like the toucan, but a uh, big old beak. Um and one of them was an African gray where he'd like parrot my dad because he was in my dad's office. So he'd say, this is Earl, this is Earl, like answering oh, the hilarious. phone. So How many did you get? Three? Yeah. Did they, um, did they like talk to each other? Not well, not really, but when one would be squawking, the other would squawk back. Okay. And um, a lot of people were kind of intimidated by him. But we had mom bred dogs. And that was part of my FFA project here at the high school was kind of keeping track of breeding and, and all that. So there was one point we had like 14 dogs in our house because we had a bunch of puppies. Um, so it was always a zoo at our 14 house. 14 dogs, three parrots, right? Yeah. Um, at one time in a house? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I grew up liking animals. So we, we went and talked to the, the vet people and here in town and they're like, well, there's just not a, a big market demand for veterinarians right now. So they're like, you're going to go through a bunch of schooling, have a big pile of student loan debt, and you're going to have a hard time finding work. So I was like, well, thank you for being honest with me. That's great. Like, we need more of that. Um, so I rent and went and job shadowed. It was Monticello Drugs at the time. Uh, Marty Woodruff was here in town, and 
you know, job shadowed him, like the high school lets you leave for half day. And so I went and kind of hung out with him. I was like, well, this seems pretty easy. Like I could do this. And, um, it was six years of school. And what I decided was I just went to St. Louis cause it was all six, a six year program. And oh, so you, you went right to the St. Louis college of pharmacy, college pharmacy, right out of the, so it's a six year program. Now it's seven, but yes, it was six years at the time. Okay, so you didn't go from an, a typical undergraduate situation to a pharmacy school. It was just all, I mean, it is a pharmacy school, right? Yeah, so now- You're there for that reason. Yes, okay. yeah, for sure, because your foot's in the door and you're, you're decided. So now what they've done is they've made it to where you get an undergraduate degree, and that's why it's seven years. Okay. Because, like, the, the kid across the hallway, he was there because his mom and dad, he's like, they let him buy, he got a tattoo, and that was the reason he was there is the mom and dad were paying for things. So gotcha. it's like he had no business being there. And so kids are dropping out. Pharmacy school is real tough. And to get out of there two or three years and not make it and then have those student loan debts, it's pretty brutal. So um, unfortunately, they've changed it to where you have to get the undergrad right now. So I, was an, I am an occupational therapist. And, and when I worked at Carl, I did some, some management and recruiting stuff. And we, a couple of us flew to do some re, a recruiting trip. We flew to Creighton University, of, Creighton University, Creighton University in Omaha. And it was so Creighton's got a lot of medical uh, colleges. They've got a pharmacy school, OTPT, things like that. And we went into this conference or this area that we were going to do the, the, the conference to recruit people. And I can still remember, and you tell me if I'm, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I almost could, seems like I saw a sign that said sign on bonus for a pharmacist was like $50,000 or something like that. Am I out of line with think, was that close? Okay. So what year are you talking? Oh boy. This has been 20 Okay, fifteen to twenty years ago. Yeah, that, that's maybe, maybe maybe it was twenty five thousand, but it was at that at the time it was like, wow. Yeah, that's okay. That sounds about right. Now this is business space, right? So we can talk of econ and yeah. all that. Okay, so I am at pharmacy school O two to O eight. Medicare Part D is passed in two thousand three. Okay, two thousand six it actually goes into effect. So your supply and demand now you have lower cost drugs to seniors. And they have, as you get lower cost, the demand goes up. So in 2006. Demand for? For drugs. For the drugs. Okay. Doctors, oh, I can give you this inhaler now and it's covered and you don't have to pay 120 bucks? Yeah, let's do it. So I, we could look at prescribing numbers, but the, I'm sure they went way up. So there, there was not enough Walgreens and CVS basically at the time. They're just exploding because they, got, they had this huge demand now. So in that explosion, now they need more pharmacists to run all these stores. And so I'm in pharmacy school and I'm seeing these pharmacists, they're, they're working 80 hours a week and they're getting all this overtime and they're giving out bonuses at this time because they have to attract talent and they have to attract people. Sure. Supply so, demand. So it was perfect for me because here I am getting ready to graduate in 08. I can pick where I want to, where I work. I think CVS was like trying to get people with like a BMW car. Um, at the time, like that was one of their incentives. They to were giving, up. they were doing what? That was like a bonus for them to sign up. It was a car of some sort. Okay, um, you got a car for signing on. Yeah. Let's see. So, um, smart, smart choice. Dan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I did get a bonus and I had to make a decision. I could really pick wherever I wanted. And why did I move back to Illinois with taxes and all that? But that's for another <laughs> home day, is, right? Home is home. Yes. So I could, I like St. Louis a lot. Um, I went to a lot of Cardinals ball games, but, um, when I kind of came down to it, it was like, okay, I could move back home Cost of living is going to be a little lower than, than inner St. Louis. Sure. And I did get a sign-on bonus. Um, I do want to say it was $30,000. Um, so I was not off too So off government takes their nice big check, you know, sure. hand out of that. So I think I got, was $23,000 out of that. And so what I did is 
they were going to put me in Mattoon at Walgreens and I was going to do overnight. CVS, right? Wal- Walgreens. I'm sorry, Walgreens. Okay. And so I'm driving. I wanted to live in Monticello. So I was going to make that, you know, hour drive Commute. or whatever yep. it was. Well, gas was like four bucks a gallon right then. Oh. So I made a decision. I was like, okay, I'm going to use this bonus money. And I bought basically with cash a uh, Prius, a 2008 Prius. Okay, makes sense. Oh, um, you you were ahead of the game there. And I still have this car. Like it's it's been a people make fun of me. It's a small car, dinky, and uh, you know I don't care. It's paid off. It's you know whatnot, and it's uh, we're at like 240 thousand miles on that thing, and it's still going. And um, you know I don't worry about gas prices in that sense. So um, so yeah, I did use my bonus, I guess, in a good fashion. There there are kids that get out of school and they just kind of splurge and don't spend it wisely. But uh, I was. Uh, I was introduced to Dave Ramsey pretty early, and so that that helped me spend my money wisely. Absolutely, that's we teach a little Dave Ramsey in our business classes. So, I got a question about a Prius. Yeah, I've always wondered about these batteries. Uh-huh. Are they something that you had to replace yet? Is it something that the battery isn't even? It's it's the same as it was when you bought it because you have two hundred forty thousand miles, and it's what twelve years old. Yeah, battery's okay. It's fine. So there's there's an auxiliary ba- battery in the back. And that runs, um, it's kind of like helps kickstart your car. So I've had to replace that a few times, but the actual like hybrid battery itself has been fine so far. Cross my fingers. Okay. All right. Fantastic. All right. I'm going to keep moving along here because I know you've got a schedule to keep as well. We talked about your career a little bit just now, how you got started. Family, uh, did you meet your wife in St. Louis or is she in Monticello? So she was a St. Joe Ogden Spartan. Uh-oh. 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 Turn some noses up here. Um, <laughs> So we met through mutual mutual friends um, via kind of a softball in Monticello, okay. and her dad lives here in town in, in Monticello. Um, so we dated in high school, and then she followed me to St. Louis and went to nursing school um, in the St. Louis area, and um, got married as soon as I got out of pharmacy school, and, and now we have three kids, and they keep us pretty busy. Awesome, awesome. Um, all right, let's get let's finish up here with your coaching. Um, so you've been doing this for quite a while now at Monticello. I mean, when I say quite a while, people don't understand that for the, long, the length of time you've been here. I think, you know, sometimes in high school coaches, we don't they don't have that long of a career anymore. And especially in your situation where you have a young family, you have a career that's not a teacher here. So it's as you well know, and I was doing that for years as a high school basketball coach when I worked at Carl Hospital where you're, it can be challenged sometimes to have that career and still have to, you know, get to school on where, when, the, when you need to practice and that kind of stuff, which, you know, sounds like when we talked before, you have some flexibility with that. Why coaching? So in high school, I was not the most popular kid. Um, I was very studious. I got straight A's. You know, there was three valedictorians because we all had straight A's. I was one of them. And people are like, oh, like, you got to love high school. Like, this is easy for you. And it was, but at the same time, like, I think I kind of socially struggled to fit in and kind of feel where my niche was. Um, you know, I tell people I play magic, the gathering and like, that's kind of a nerdy thing. And I right, love you're gonna have to tell me what that is. So, um, it is, I tell people it's a combination of dungeons and dragons and is it a video game chess. No, it's a card game. Oh, card game. Okay. Um, so it's a, there's a little bit of poker aspect. You, you can bluff, you can, you're looking at resources. It's to me, it's this perfect mind game of how do I kind of outsmart the opponent? So, um, I love things like that. Um, I didn't read quite as much in high school, but I found, I love reading books. And so I'm kind of this nerd, if you will, in high school, but and I, I didn't really have a lot of friends that fit my profile. But when I was on that soccer field, that was like everything. Like here I was, I was in charge. People look for me. Coach looked for me to do things. Um, I was 
one of the guys and I just poured my heart into soccer and like that was really what kept me liking high school and not just maybe falling by the wayside. I was like, what would I be without soccer and coach Kreider? I mean, I'm I'm just going to jump in here. One of the things we tell kids all the time is get involved in extracurriculars, find something you like, because it'll, it'll make your high school experience different than if you don't get connected. Would you agree with that? Like you said, you're saying that soccer was connected you a little bit to, or, or helped you. I don't know. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not looking at that right, but it, you found something you loved in high school. It wasn't high. I mean, is that right? So maybe I just, I'm not looking at that right. Tell me. I, you'll get me talking forever, which is fine. I got, I, I, we got time. Um, I just read a book by Don Miller and it's called, um, a million miles in a thousand years. And he has to write a story about himself. And so he has this reflection of like, well, what do I want my story to be? And he walks you through his process of, I want my life to mean something. And so he talks about for us to have meaning in life, we need to have some ambition. And that, that gives you a story. And, you know, you ask people, hey, like, what's your ambitions? And you'll kind of understand what your story is. Like, why are you doing this podcast? And so as we have these ambitions and we put ourselves out there, okay, we talked about at the start, you know, give yourself permission to be a bad podcaster. Yeah, yeah. And as you do it more, you'll be, you'll be an okay podcaster. Maybe one day you'll be Joe Rogan, <laughs> you know? Um, so having that ambition allows you to move the story forward. And so he, he had to make the script or this movie about himself. So he's like, what, what do my ambitions need to be? And so that was for me, a way to tell my story was my ambition was soccer. And I would run five, I was a cross country runner in a sense, because I wanted to be prepared for soccer. So anybody I could drag in the summer to go go run five miles at a time, um, you know, the football program at the time really struggled. They were not very good, but they were they were kind of mean to me. They're like, oh, you're just this little soccer player. Well, like that was a chip on my shoulder. And so we got in the weight room with Mr. Reedy. I was going to outwork every football player in there. I don't care if they were 300 pounds. Like I was going to outwork you. And so you consciously remember having those thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And so I kind of even coach that way is I want people to have a chip on their shoulder and I want people to, to use that as a motivator. Like when we lose to St. Joe, like I sit there and I watch them celebrate and that's motivation for me to get better. So for high school soccer, for me to have, have that ambition, it kind of helped me have my story because otherwise I was very lost. And you know, that's why I love podcasting is it's telling stories and, and we all need those in our life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's the book called? Uh, Donald Miller, a million miles in a thousand years. And you know, I, so I think to get back to it, now that I think about it, that's, that's one of the reasons I want to coach is it allows people to have ambitions, to tell a story, to have an outlet to do that. Because if I didn't have that, man, so I was in trouble. And, and so that, I think that's what I'm just trying to provide is, is a way for people to filter in and, and have good ambitions and good stories. So that's, that's, and that's fantastic. Wins and losses, what do they mean to you? Early in my career, it was it means everything. And you can maybe even talk about this too. Like you're just so wound up in, in each match. And so it meant a lot. And I think Pat Riley's, you know, he talks about how like you take the losses a lot harder than you do the wins. And I had to get to a point. We were three and 18 one year. And this is, um, as, as when you're head coach. Yeah. This is maybe six years ago. Okay. We had some injuries, I had maybe like four seniors. I didn't have a big class. Um, so talent was, was challenging, but also injuries were challenging. Um, and that was so difficult to have a 3-18 and 18 year. 
And I had early success. I had some uh, good ball players, but for me to reflect back, that was so hard. And you had that end of the year banquet where you talk about it. Like I just wanted to hand the stats out and walk out the door. And I told myself, something's got to give here. Um, School's going to fire me. Then they don't really fire coaches, you know, per se. I wasn't worried about that, but it's like, I'm going to fire myself. Like I can't do this again. This was so miserable. After that season. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically I was like, everything has to be on the table now. What do I need to do? How do I change things? And so that was a defining moment for me of, I got to figure this out and and I got to be better. And and so I I think I learned a lot from that. And um, we have a tough culture now. Like this is our expectation and we have a high standard. And I, I think that spurs from six years ago. What do you think you changed? Well, I told myself I need help. Um, you know, I was trying to do a lot, especially when you're not inside the building and sure. you're coaching, you don't see all these kids. Um, that makes you're already handicapped a little bit, I think, in a sense. And I did it for several years. It is different for sure. So I had to, you know, I started seeking out people in the community. I need help. I need a goalkeeper coach. I need an assistant coach. Um, you know, I need feedback from parents. How do I get these kids to buy in? Um, you know, it, it's evolved to where it's like, we go to center college, we drive six hours to go to center college in, in Kentucky now. And I take a week off work to go take those guys there. Cause it means that much to the program. And we get so much this out in of the it. summer or this in is the summer. Yeah. In the summer. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's finding what's successful and then just trying to build on that. Is passion still there? For sure. Um, I, it helps love in the sport of soccer. Um, and then, you know, you know, like as you have that success, you just want it again. Sure. And you want to have those stories. Like, I, it's so fun to look back at the students and have those stories you can talk about. You remember this year we had these players and we did this. And it just, you know, you want to keep telling those stories. And the more you have them, the more success, success you have. Like, you just want to keep doing that over and over again. It's amazing, you know, when you sit there and you've been head coach again, how many years? Uh, Ten years. Ten years. And you spent uh, you spent the majority of your time talking about a 3-18 and 18 year. And like you said, what I mean by that is – those are the years that take it out of you. Those are the years where you have to really reflect and say, am I good at this? Am I not good at this? What, what can I change? Um, you know, you, you always look back at those years as those years you're like, man, you know, you question yourself and, and uh, because you've had a lot, of, a lot of success. And so let's talk a little bit about and finish up with this. Let's talk a little bit about your group this year. Yeah. Um, Did you know they were going to be – a good group. I mean, to the point where I'm again. I'm, I'm not saying that they exceeded your expectations. I have no idea what your expectations were, but tell us about that. It's funny how we define things by COVID right now. Uh, we go back and we like True. oh pre and post COVID, right? And I was pretty upset. Our COVID year, we had that shortened season. We didn't have any playoffs, and it was like my golf season. Yeah, we had a really good team. I've got Jake Edmondson, who's playing at college right now. And the only thing we could really win was conference. And so we won conference and we hadn't had, we hadn't beat uh, central Catholic out of Bloomington for several years. Well, we, we had their number and we beat them three to one. So was this your first IPC championship? Yes. Cause IPC is a tough conference. It, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, when we formed IPC and I, be, I was a golf coach, I was like, after the conference we had previously for golf, um, I was like, Oh boy, this is going to be a battle. And I, it's a tough conference. So that's, that's great. So we, we win that, and but then the season's over. There's no postseason. And we were so good, and I got, you know, just stacked. It was probably my best team, and we didn't have playoffs. So disappointed. So the next year, we still got a good core of that group, and we win regionals, and we've gotten to the point where 
I feel like we can compete for regionals every year because our standards set so high and this is the amount of time we put in. I feel like we can compete every year. And so that's my baseline. So we, we win regionals. We play a tough normal U high team, lose three to one in playoffs. And so this year we, we return quite a bit. And what was interesting is as early in the year, we're beating teams that we really kind of struggled with in the past. Uh, we beat a uni high team, um, four to three, just kind of punch after punch back and forth. Uh, always been a strong program, haven't they? Uni yeah. High. So uni high is interesting in the sense, um, I always say in the sense, but, um, they have a lot of the college professors, the U of I sure. send their kids there. Well, you have the European influence that we were talking about uh. earlier. There's no football program. So historically they're a good soccer program. And then people kind of lose sight of that. And so we, we beat them. We're, we're handling teams really well. Um, but what was really fun. And I told the guys, I'll remember the season the most is we played like a professional style team. We played out of the back. So we, we start with the ball at the goal and then we immediately just do these short passes. There's no, we're worried about field position. We just need to kick the ball 40 yards forward. We can play these small five yard passes and play really close to our goal where it's dangerous, but we're, we, we're, we have enough talent. We're not afraid of that. And this team was able to do that. And we just gave teams fits because we could keep the ball. And so that's what I'll remember with this group the most. And, and we had arguably one of our best years. We had a few matches canceled, so they didn't statistically quite get there. Canceled because? Uh, Arthur Lovington didn't have enough kids one oh, okay. day. Like, okay. oh Not gosh. COVID related then. Um, no, one of them was weather and, gotcha. you know. Uh, so that's a question I'm going to jump into with uh, the weather. When, when, it, like, when, when do you have to stop a soccer match weather-wise? Because of lightning? I mean, that makes sense. But. Yeah. This one got – you have to wait a half hour after lightning. Right. So and, lightning is always yeah. – And then it's like – then you get another one, you got to wait another half hour, and it's like, am right. I going to keep this team from Decatur here just so gotcha. we can – I didn't know if it was related to something else weather-wise where it's like, I mean, if it's snowing or whatever, and you can you just play, don't you? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're not going to stop a soccer match because of – it's kind of like playing United States football. It really is just – you just play. And they, they love the rain because they can slide tackle and go for days. And okay. Yeah, they love it. Okay. Um, interesting story in Mattoon. We were there, and I don't know if it was their senior night or something, but he didn't start the – the head coach didn't start the game on time. Well, we are losing – I don't know, three to two or three nothing. You have to get to halftime for it to be an official match. Well, we're like three minutes short and lightning starts to strike. And so we get sent to the building, delay, delay, delay. And I've, I was eventually like, if there's another delay, I'm leaving. Well, he got mad at me um, because there was another one and he wanted to win. And, you know, I was like, I don't know if I said it to him or not. I'm like, if you started the game on time, this is not a discussion. We just go home when it's a loss. Uh, so you got to take responsibility sometimes, and, and so I thought that was funny. So that yeah, that's a good story. Um, you you so we're going to kind of wrap this up, but I have a couple questions for you. You have your own podcast, yes. You and someone else. Tell us about your podcast. What why you started it? And again, I mean, you know, you you can talk as long as you want about it, but just tell us a little bit about yours, what it's called, who you do it with. So I'm I'm a pharmacist at Kirby hospital. And what's neat about Kirby is they have a CrossFit gym almost attached to the hospital. And the idea behind that is, is we not only want to treat people and get them if they're acutely sick, um, we want to be able to do that, but long-term we want to make people healthy. So that's why they kind of, it evolved and there's a CrossFit gym there. We want to make people healthy. And so we, we would go back to the years I was struggling in soccer. I needed somebody to help me with the strength and conditioning and football, they have eight coaches. They sure. have the weight room. They can rotate who takes the weight room. It's not a huge burden. 
well, it's me and maybe my assistant coach. And for me to replicate what football does, it's going to be too much work for two people. So my assistant coach, Glenn, is, is starting to explore how do we get help. So he went to the CrossFit gym before I was at Kirby. And he said, guys, listen, can, can you take our team? Can you do this for us? I'm like, absolutely. And so that summer, this would have been 2018. That summer I did CrossFit with my guys. And they made it, it's, CrossFit is, is designed to work out as a group. And there's one coach. I didn't know what it was. And the, the beauty of that is you just show up and the coaches have a design program for you. Ah, okay. And it's, it's kind of like a athletic, like an individual trainer, but yet it's on a group setting. And so the group setting's beautiful in the sense it keeps people accountable. Here I am as I'm working out, you're trying to compete to the person next to you a little bit, especially when you have the team of soccer guys there. And, and so I was like, this is awesome. This is the secret sauce that I've never seen before. So I did it with those guys that summer. I loved it. And I'm like, I made all these gains. I'm going to stay with this. Um, and then I happened to get hired at Kirby like right at that time also. So it, now it's easy. I go there, I shower, I work out, I shower, go to the, go to the pharmacy. I, you know, it's, it's wonderful. Sure. But we've taken the soccer team there every summer since. And, um, you know, so they go and they work out and they compete against each other. Sometimes I hop in the gym with them and they're competing against me. They're looking to see how far I rode and they're like trying to get me. And so it's, it's really fun. And, um, so remind me of your question again. I know I'm, I'm talking here. Oh, how did I get on the podcast? Yeah. So I fell in love with CrossFit. And it's called yours. Do we, do we already say what yours it's is called? It's the coaching perch. Okay. I can't remember who said it. Maybe you did already. So I fell in love with, uh, fell in love with CrossFit and then they've, they made me a coach. I, I kind of do here and there. I'm every other week and, and, you know, I coach a little bit. I told them during soccer season, I'm not going to help you. Like just take me off the schedule. Um, but I fell in love with the sport of CrossFit. And so at the gym, we do this kind of competition once a year, and we broadcast it out. And what, we, what happened was is I'm in this competition, and they put an iPhone up in the corner of the building, and they're trying to broadcast it from this little iPhone. And one of the wives, the participants, can't see her husband because he's going in and out of the screen, the vision of where we'd set the camera. So I see this. I'm like, we could do this better for sure. And it's like, just let me do this. So I start to research because we're going to do it again the next week. I, I start to research, how do I broadcast? And so a lot of the, the people that do like Twitch video games and they broadcast, how, they use this thing called OBS, Open Broadcast Software. And so I'm YouTubing how to do open broadcast software and learning as I go. So I end up that week, I have three cameras and I'm feeding it into OBS and you can see all these angles. I can pan on different cameras. Oh and then I was like, well, I'm already here might as well like be an ESPN commentator and, and talk and like, you know, broadcast it out that way. And so that went over well. And the head coach, Jordan Barney loved it so much. And he'd get on afterwards and talk about kind of break it down and how it went. He's like, we should do this more. Like, this is awesome. And so kind of through that little comment, it was like, okay. Um, so what we did is we decided it's going to be the coaching perch because it's, it's two coaches and he's a CrossFit coach. I'm a soccer coach. Okay. And, we kind of came up with a perch because it's a little bit tied into the sages, um, uh, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the, the sure. owl, if you sure. will. And it's kind of a view from above. Of, Was this your, did you come up with this? Yeah. Okay. So it's a view from above where we can kind of like talk about coaching and our perspective as coaches. And so he talks a lot about the physical fitness. I talk a lot about the mental side. Um, you know, I love the psychology of sports and, and all that. And so um, we hit a lot of different topics. Um, so I try to tell people, even if you're not like the favorite, like CrossFitter or whatever, it, it still hopefully would interest people. And I've interviewed the basketball team here at Monticello. So I try to kind of branch out a little bit. Have you been interviewed? 
until today. Not on a podcast. So ah, I, man, do I feel I feel honored. Yeah. Yeah, this is fantastic for me because, uh, again, I've, I've been here for my 16th year. And uh, obviously, you've been here a long time as a coach, and, and it's been fun to see your program grow and how you've worked to develop it. And uh, so it's been it's been a lot of fun uh, for me as well today. So uh, I did have one other question about your team. Any of your kids want to play college soccer this year that you think in that group? And again, you don't have to name names. I'm not asking that. But are you, do you think anybody's a possibility there that wants to do it or could do it? Or So I have the two t- twins, Ben and Tucker, and okay. um, they're identical twins. So the first year I struggled. I'd always, Williamson. Yes. Um, what did I say? Well, you said Ben and Tucker. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first year I struggled because struggled they had the same haircut. Like they'd wear the same sure, clothes. Sure. I had them in class together as freshmen. And, you know, so I, I would always get it wrong. Every time I get it wrong. And so one of my seniors, Andrew Ellison, he's like, I just call their name out and see who turns and looks at me. So I kind of d- did that for a while. And then this year it's been, you know, once you were around them enough, it's fine. And they've had different haircuts this year. Um, but that they're, helps. They're, yeah, they change their hair a little bit. It helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're looking at playing at Eureka following Jake Edmondson. Okay. And um, is Jake still there playing? He is. And he's doing really well. Um, so that's been fun to see. And it's fun because the other coaches are like, wow, like you've got people playing at college and it's like, it kind of gives you a boost of like, all right, like maybe we're doing something right. But, um, so I got them, um, Benny Weinert is, he's looked at, you know, playing, he wants to play. Um, I don't know. He may consider baseball too. He's a good baseball player. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out. Um, but you know, maybe he's like me. I think he wants to get a law degree. So, um, maybe he'll focus on that. I don't know. He can, he's good at whatever he does. So, wait, wait, um, did you have a law degree? No, I have a doctorate in pharmacy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, got- I think Benny wanting to go into law. Okay. Okay. Um, well, hey, uh, Dan, this has been a real treat for me, and, and uh, I, I appreciate you coming in today and interviewing and, and doing this interview, and, and I've enjoyed asking the questions, and uh, uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, next year at, out on the what, – what do you call it, the pitch or something? The pitch, yeah. The pitch, yeah. out on the pitch. So, uh, again, thank you very much. Yeah, I want to – can I jump yeah, in one more absolutely. thing? Absolutely. So, first off, I want to give you congrats, uh, Coach of the Year, News Gazette, uh, Golf. Thank you. you. Know, thank um, you. So um, I'm so glad you're doing this. Um, I love to plug your podcast. Uh, you know, this is fun. Um, it's telling stories. So I love podcasts. I'm, I'm really glad you're doing this. Um, so the other thing is if you can uh, look on Facebook, we have the Coaching Perch group okay. track. Yep. Uh, so if anybody wants to follow that. Um, and then I also have the Kirby RX pharmacies that, that I help run. And uh, you can find it's Kirby RX on Facebook. So uh, follow us there. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Bye.